In the effort of transparency and fairness, some of our group members who may or may not be participating in this episode work for Tapas and Funimation. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are their own and do not represent the views and opinions of their employers. Additionally, any sponsorship BL Garden or Fujocon receives from either organization was handled by our PR rep and our members with industry ties had no role in solicitating or obtaining that sponsorship. Now on to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the 801 Reviewed. I'm your host, Isora, and today I have speaking with me my co-host, Brit Midnight, and we will be discussing the manga Monster and Beast by Rinji. The title is available from Yen Press in print today. You can buy, I think, is it three volumes that's out? Yes. Yes, the first three. Yes, the first three. And this is a story, it's a fantasy setting. It's about a monster who is in the woods and he hears a commotion and he comes out to try and save this uh, gentleman who's about middle-aged. And he thinks, oh no, he's being robbed by bandits, but really he's about to fuck them. Um, And the monster doesn't realize that and he ends up saving him and then showing him the way out of the forest and they end up striking up a relationship. And that is basically the entire story so far. Um, there are some other things that are going on a lot more behind the scenes uh, as we get to it. But we, of course, will always have the spoiler zone section where we will get to the all the spoilers of the volumes. But our trigger warnings for this title, of course, are beasts. It's literally a beast or a monster character. There is a bit of a power imbalance with them in the sense that he's kind of naive. And also one of the characters has this ability that kind of creates power imbalances between other relationships. There is possibly, we aren't sure because we don't quite know the backstories, but there might be some bad past involving a child. Without giving away any spoilers, that's about all I can t- say. Um, we'll get more into that later. Also, there is some dubious consent. There is a character in the book that has the power to compel people to do things. And, of course, that can create dubious consent, but it's not between the main two characters, um, not their relationship. The themes and tropes, uh, we have our fantasy, Slutty Uke. Uh, there's a character that's a devil-may-care kind of attitude, Kudere kind of attitude. There is a naive character and almost but not quite the idea of like born sexy today trope. Uh, now let's get on to the questions. The first question I have here is, what made you start reading this title? Brit. Um, honestly, I got it. I can't remember exactly, but I think it was, I want to say last FujoCon when we had um, a couple of people uh, suggest Renji and I had not been, I was not familiar with the mangaka at all, but I looked them up and saw the art and the art kind of drew me in and the series, I, I'm generally not at least at the time, was not big on, like, I guess, monster fucking tropes. But uh, here I am, and I have uh, bought all three manga that are out, and that's something is, it's just, I don't 
generally buy a lot of manga these days, especially BL manga, unless it's something I really, really have an interest in. So uh, I bought all three and I'm waiting for the next volume. So there, that's what happened, really. All right. Well, for me, I would say uh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think exactly when I first read this. And uh, I have to say, it's probably must have been 2018. And I say that, and I'm pretty sure it's like specifically October 2018, because back in October 2018, it was my first encounter with Mad K or Modic, how I like to say. And then, you know, however you go on those binges and like you're reading online, and then they said, so just like, oh, try reading this. And so guess what was next? Monster and the Beast, right? So I looked at it, I'm like, okay, that's weird, you know? And I was just like, sure, why not? I read it. And to this day, three chapters are up and so I read it and I remember being very compelled by the idea of the story because I was just like wow what's gonna happen what is this like I just really you know wanted more and then when Yen Press like decided that hey we're gonna be publishing it I was so stoked because I was just like holy shit I'm gonna get to know where the story is going you know because it was just like a memory that had suddenly come back to me because you know when you read so much you don't even know what you've read but this one, just because of how different it was, like, I just remembered everything about it. And I was just like, yes, I need it. I want all of them. So obviously I have them all now. And I'm just like so excited about where it goes. So yeah, that's that's how I ended up reading it. <laughs> my, my answer to that is, is kind of simple. I did it for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I just read it before this recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it for the pod. Uh, good choice, though. Good choice all around. Hashtag. Hashtag did it for the pod. <laughs> Do you enjoy other Beast titles? And if not, why this one? Britt, you kind of went into this already, but have you since read uh, quite a few Beast titles? <laughs> uh, actually, funny story. Yes, I would say uh, I have read a lot of things that would fall under the monster fucking genre. Not so much manga, but definitely for MM Romance, I probably read more of monster fucking than anything. <laughs> yeah, depending on what you consider quote unquote monster fucking. So, you know, you have your vampires and I guess werewolves and, and whatnot. So, uh, yes, I would say I have become a fan and I have read multiple titles. And I feel like I kind of went into this myself because I said, how did I find this title? Like I came across Modic. Uh, it was just so visceral that I was like, what the fuck did I read? Three months later, I picked up a Japanese copy at Kinokuniya, and I never, like, put it down since. Anyway, so, yeah, that's one that I've read, and I really, like, am exploring the whole world of monster fucking. For whatever reason, like, y'all just dubbed me the monster fucker <laughs> of the group, so I'm notorious for reading shit like this now. So, yeah, this was definitely in that range. And then I've read, like, other just even like fantasy type titles that like Phantom Tales of the Night is like one that's relatively unknown, but it's like got lots of monsters, gore, shit like that. I read shit like that and I love it. So like Devilman. Yeah. I like, I love that shit. All that shit. Like that's just in my realm, my wheelhouse already. So it was a very easy transition. <laughs> I can't recall too many beast titles that I've read. Uh, I've had a lot of like, not quite beast titles. Um, I did read like Titan's Bride. Uh, that's kind of very, like, size-wise, it's similar. Size-wise. <laughs> you you could call him a beast. <laughs> Unless cat boys count, which I highly doubt it. But I mostly read this since... I mostly read this because it's a, a fantasy genre. And anytime you say fantasy, you got me. I'm sorry. Next question we have is, 
how do you feel about both the main characters? Is there one you like more than the other? Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, I think I appreciate Liam a lot because he is at least portrayed. He's portrayed like a middle-aged gentleman. And you don't see that very often, especially with manga. And, you know, being how old I am, it's always refreshing to find, you know, main characters that are a little bit closer to your age every so often. At least as far as I know, that's, you know, he appears he's middle-aged. I don't know how old he is. They don't really say. Yeah, they're kind of vague. <laughs> yeah, they're very vague about that. So I do appreciate him. I I like Kavo, but there are moments where I'm just like, sometimes you come off as too, not, not actually timid, but like almost childlike, but at the same time not. So that there are moments where that kind of is a eh, for me, but I think especially by the third book, it's like, okay, clearly you are just, yeah, you're just naive and you were stuck in a forest or whatever for most of your life and don't know what's out there. But I don't know. And then there's like a couple side characters that are interesting, but I think so far my favorite is uh, Liam. So I'm the opposite of you. While I do respect Liam and I respect the fact that he is not some 16-year-old that's going through the am I gay phase, <laughs> I gotta say, I... <laughs> Very much not. <laughs> definitely not. Like, he is comfortable who he is, and I respect that and add respect for that. I just can't get over how adorable, like, Kavo is, because, like, I just love the big, burly-type characters. Their heart is softer than a kitten's. You just want to protect them, even though they're, like, the biggest and burliest thing that are supposed to be doing the protectings. Yeah, maybe it's a little naive, but, like, I don't know. There's just something heartwarming about that when, like, you really see that uh, Liam is the one who's the beast here, you know, because of how, like, wily he can be. And I just love how, like, just Kavo is just so adorable to me. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I have the same feelings for Kavo. I just love, love, love him. I actually... I dislike Liam a lot, and I think that's why I like, but um, I have hopes. I actually think he's going to turn around for me in the future. I feel like he just needs to admit and show more emotions. I know, like you had said before, Midnight, uh, you feed off the character's emotions when you read it, and that's very much me, so I'm, I'm ready for him to have some sort of emotional breakthrough or breakout where he like admits to himself how much he cares. Um, he's just... Too much of a Kudere right now, but I'm excited to see how he grows. Definitely, like, with you on that. For a while there, I wasn't, like, a big fan of Liam, because dude really be sleeping around and just leaving Kavo out to dry, like, all the time. And I was kind of annoyed at that, but um, he's grown on me because of how, like, devious he is. <laughs> so the next question we have is, this title, obviously, with Beast involved, is not a usual one for BL. Uh, how do you think it brings a fresh perspective to the genre? of monster fucking in general or BL. You have, there's a lot of manga out there that feature, you know, monsters and whatnot. You can have like, you know, Helsing or Tokyo Ghoul, that sort of deal. You don't really see any that specifically has characters that are either gay or bi or, you know, pansexual in this case that aren't like, I guess, gay-coded villains or whatever that you see in more manga that, you know, have quote-unquote gay characters. They tend to be, you know, villains and they aren't really doing much. So I would say that's pretty refreshing to have somebody that 
you know, is very open-minded as far as what his sexual exploits are, and also brings in that whole monster-fucking genre. And the monster isn't, you know, evil. Um, He isn't, like, trying to kill people all over the place or anything. So that, I think, all of that together, it's very refreshing. It's very new that, as far as I know, in my experience and what I've read, especially to the BL genre... I mean, you'll see a bunch of, like, one-off, like, doujin, things like that. But it's just, you know, there's not really a story so much as it's just wham-bam, thank you, sir, uh, sex, and that's it. So, yeah, I would say having a series that actually has plot and makes you want to know more about the characters that has these unique tropes and is, I would say, is BL, clearly, um, is really nice. It's really cool and it's very refreshing. I mean, 10 out of 10 agree with that. When you think of monster fucking, to me, I think Mad K or Madik, however you want to pronounce that one, is just purely demonic. But this one, it like puts a spin on it. Like you've got this terrifying monster. He's big. He's burly. He's got a terrifying face, but he's soft. Like he's just the sweetest thing you ever did see. How often do you get that? Like lately, we've I've been seeing more titles where like you get uh, an Uke who's like the biggest guy ever who's getting dicked down by like a really tiny dude, which is like <laughs> yeah, refreshing. Definitely, I love it. But they turned the tables and they made it a monster, and still he is the top, but he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So really, he's acting like the bottom and refreshing. And like the whole time when I started reading it, not gonna lie, I was just like the very first time I read it. How are they going to do it? <laughs> like the first, the first like time I'm reading this, I'm like, clearly Liam just wants to bang him. And I'm just like, how the hell is that going to happen? And so, <laughs> I mean, that was everyone's first question. I feel point like. Point blank. That's what keeps you reading though, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> at the very like, least. I got to get to it. I got to know. <laughs> right? right? Like they know how to get you. And that's the hook. It's one big hook. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I like it because I don't see a lot of fantasy, at least in traditional manga. For BL, I could probably name all the fantasy novels that have come out. Most of the time, they tend to be slice of life, or they tend to be a take, like a a modern fantasy, or they tend to be a... um, kind of like coyote i would consider like a modern fantasy because it has werewolves but i don't see a lot that are just completely set in a different world with different people and just going for it it's not something that i generally run across in bl and i really love it i mean what i it one of my favorite first bls was crimson spell because it's fantasy and so this one it was nice to see that, and I hope to see more. And so anytime there's a new one out, I'm like, oh, maybe this is the start of a bunch of people realizing they're going to love fantasy and just maybe. <laughs> I I do like the gap moe that we have with Kavo, where he's this great giant beast. And instead of like a normal gap moe where you have like this tall character that's actually a sweetheart, it's just he's a literal beast and he's like almost naive to the point of being a child and it's it's so and he's so kind and so sweet too it's something that i don't really expect out of a monster book when i think monster i think their clothes are gonna get it ripped off and then they're gonna get slammed like that's what i expect from monster fucking but this one totally flips it but there is a sex scene (laughs) yes i promise you'll figure out how they do it (laughs) Yeah, they will figure it out. Speaking of, should we go into the spoiler zone? 
I definitely think we should. Spoiler zone. Let's talk about how they do it. <laughs> Me, the first question, how the fuck do they do it in chapter one? And then we finally get it. Chapter three. That was pretty like wild that, oh, by the way, Cabo can shrink down his penis. Like that is the first time any man has made his penis smaller for sex. Yeah. <laughs> that I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because <laughs> of all things, you wanted to go the opposite direction, right? Ten, uh, ten bucks. I bet Liam's just going to hop on that dick and ride it to tomorrow. You know, like we're going to get Montero up in this bitch for sure. That's what I thought. <laughs> I thought it was Titan's Bride up here, like giant dick and tiny ass. But Oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> but no, they she actually kind of wrote that out. We got made it smaller of all things. <laughs> Such it's so nice of Cavo to be like it's okay I will work with what you've got, um, you know that's so polite of him. <laughs> now <laughs> we've answered that. How do you feel about Liam and Cavo's current relationship in the third volume? Are you conflicted at any points? Were there any particular scenes you might have changed your initial take? I was a little, like I said, and I brought up, I was a little bit iffy with. Their relationship, because Cavo kind of, especially at first, was very, you know, that innocent, childlike type mentality, whereas Liam is clearly uh, has seen things, been through things, and is older. You know, that kind of got thrown out the window by the third volume to some extent. It's it's a weird... I have really, really mixed feelings because on one hand, you know, it's cute at times, but on the other, it's like Liam is Liam and Liam is not... He doesn't really have, I would say, any kind of, like, emotions there, whereas clearly Cavo is starting to have some for Liam. So it, it, it's a little bit of a not, not equal dynamic in that relationship. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of it, you know, they see uh, to be on the same wavelength. But they aren't there right now. So, you know... I'm very interested to see about, you know, Liam's past, but I was since, like, book one, because he, you know, fits a lot of uh, character tropes that I like, personally. But yeah, I think I think I like it as is. I don't think I want to change anything so far. I wouldn't say I would change anything. I had the same impression as you, Azora, at the beginning, where I was just like, this dude really do be fucking everybody, but, but Cabo. And I was, like, a little annoyed at that. Going into a BL, you know, you expect the pair to be a pair and he like really just defied all that it really added to the story because as Britt made the point like they're still coming into their relationship and deciding that they have uh, feelings for each other which is that's part of the journey that I find fascinating and so that's what's keeping me going man like I, I do not want to stop reading this it's just it's just so fascinating to me with all that Liam's backstory and we're just like oh I'm really looking forward to the next volume in that I, I definitely would not change it because it's brilliant as it is for sure i i love how sweet cavo is and uh, but i do i do feel the same sort of as brit i i don't like that he falls for the per first person who's kind to him uh it feels like it's a quick plot device um, but i am interested in seeing you know how his love and his caring changes as his world and knowledge expands he's meeting more people every day and I feel like he's growing. And so I wonder how that's going to change his view of love and relationship. I wonder if he's going to start to be kind of disillusioned by this needy clinging kind of love that he has. And it becomes something more real. 
And also it could perhaps motivate more feelings or admissions of love from Liam, maybe. I would love to see that. I feel like we're getting like just the tip of the iceberg from Liam, especially when he goes, oh, it's boring without Cavo. I'm like, you say that, but you, I think you mean more. I'm excited to see where that goes. And speaking of the past, let's go ahead and get on to Liam's past. It's been alluded to what's kind of happening slash happened to Liam to make him sort of into this character that he is today. But what are some of your predictions or ideas of past and what's happening to him? What do you think? He needs therapy. <laughs> Probably uh, would be the first Straight suggestion. Um, no joke. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's a lot of characters probably need I therapy. I like how you don't beat around the bush with that. <laughs> um, gosh. I mean, it's it's clear that he has a lot of trauma, uh, hence the therapy. Especially, you know, as a child where a lot of things happened and... I'm trying to remember exactly because it's been a little bit since I, I read the the recent uh, volume where it kind of goes a little bit more into his backstory. But clearly he was, you know, as he was a child, and I don't remember if he was the only one or if there are others. Yeah, he was just the, from what we saw, it was just him. And he was brought into the castle. We don't know what happened. And then this lady says she saw him. He came out. He was doing the weird thing with his power. And all of a sudden he was an adult. And she is an old lady when she's saying that. And then Kavo or whoever she's talking to goes, wait, if he's, is he not aging anymore? I mean, that's kind of what happens. Well, my impression of that scene was that like, clearly they were doing experiments on him. Mm, that's an interesting idea. You know, like it, it seemed to me that that was what was happening. I, I I felt like that, that that you know how like they find someone who's got like some kind of power anomaly or whatever and they're going to experiment the shit out of it and I'm pretty sure that was the impression that I got from reading it it has been a while so I'm like Brit in the sense that it's been it's been a while since I read it but my takeaway was that were they experimenting on him maybe this experiment kind of went right or you know wrong for them right for him whereas like he's not aging anymore but clearly he was like tortured a lot in that experience so that's why that's why I'm thinking like I felt like they were experimenting on him because it felt like he was being you know somewhat tortured do you think that he had the power all along and they coaxed it out of him or do you think that they were like doing something to him to give him that power because yours yours was totally different than what I thought so to give him that power you know what that's a very good question and I'm not entirely sure and the reason, the only reason I would say, well, he might have been born that way is because we clearly we have a, we're in a world where there are monsters and other unique entities. So he could be fey or something. I don't know. They were taking advantage of him as at a young age and whether, I don't know how old he is, clearly. Um, I think it's whatever he has is really interesting and his powers clearly are related to messing with people's minds or memories, maybe. And then his own you know, how he looks. So I don't know. I don't know how old this man is, but he he has my attention. That is very interesting. I got a total different sort of take on it. I So I thought the child was brought to the castle purely for the reason of being people's plaything. Um, I don't know what that says, but... Uh, but then the reason he has the powers, the reason I th I thought was I was going totally Black Butler with this theory and saying, packed with a demon. 
I could see that too, though. Maybe it's a combination of all of it. And because Kavo mentions that he can go into his shadow, but he can't go into anyone else's. So I'm like, maybe he's part demon. And that's sort of where it started. Packed with the demon? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it could be that or it could be he just like some got some kind of like dark power in general that like, you know, does it. So it could be both. Or he could be like part something yeah. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, I could see that being like has weird parentage. <laughs> yeah. We're all looking forward to figuring this out. <laughs> yeah. So many ideas. In addition to not knowing about Liam, there is very little to known or maybe ever to be known about Cavo. Who knows if the author actually has some sort of backstory about who he was before the story, but what are some of your ideas about his face which he has yet to show or his origins i mean we know he showed it to liam because liam has remarked on how hideous he is and when they had their sex scene i'm pretty sure like he looked at it or kissed him or something like that like we know liam has seen it so i'm just trying to decide how ugly is this guy (laughs) but i'm just like just keep him the way he is i don't really want to see his face because he's adorable the way he is and i i love him no matter what so it's like (laughs) you know i don't I mean, I'm guessing he probably has more of like a dog-like face or, or you know, a wolf-type face, at least for facial structure. But also at the same time, I don't know if we can trust Liam and what he actually is saying about how he looks. That's true. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, You know, too. he could, I mean, he's probably looks like a, you know, some sort of humanoid creature that has like some sort of weird face, but it, I don't know if it's necessarily that hideous, it's just different. For all we know, he could yeah. actually be really handsome under there. We got handsome Squidward hiding underneath it. <laughs> That's what I got. That's what I got. I I said I hope it's like a Nekazawa moment where he's just suddenly beautiful. <laughs> and you know, and it makes me you know, and it makes me wonder, especially you know, since we there's only three volumes in the you know in English right now that's printed where they're gonna take that like because of the 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 name of the the manga. You know, is it going to be some sort of play on Beauty and the Beast? And is he going to end up being really attractive in the end? Or is he just going to stay how he is? I don't know. Because clearly we know Liam is the monster. So, <laughs> yeah, clearly, clearly Liam is is the monster. Uh, that's what I wonder is like, is this going to be a Beauty and the Beast thing where he's transformed into something else that he than he is, and I kind of, I don't, I kind of want him to stay this way. But I do wonder about his face. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'd be like a Shrek thing or, <laughs> in the end. <laughs> I have hopes that he he's handsome, but he kind of looks like an oni with like the fangs and the underbite, but still handsome humanoid face instead of like the mean growl look um, that the onis usually have. He has really nice hair. I love his hair. Yeah, you know me and hair, man. <laughs> I love it. L'Oreal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like, he can't be that funky underneath. He's got nice hair. Clearly, he he's, takes care of it to some mm-hmm. extent. The one thing that uh, I do want our listeners to know is that they need to follow the author on Twitter because she is constantly posting adorable, like, mini comics of them or just little chibi drawings of them. And it's so, so cute. So uh, let me find the Twitter handle real quick so I can uh, promote it because, yeah, I love it. It's... Uh, Renji underscore range at Renji underscore range. R-E-N-J-I underscore R-A-N-G-E. It'll also be in our show link in our show notes. I mean, this is what I'm going to have to do when we get off. I did not know. I was not aware. And now I have to follow someone on Twitter. 
Well, the next question is other titles people would like if they liked this one. Well, if you like, you know, monstery type things, as far as manga goes, uh, Coyote is is a good start. It's the first one I thought of if, if manga is more of your jam. Book-wise, oh, gosh, it's a little hard because if you like more of fluff and lightheartedness, um, that's going to be a little bit more difficult when it comes to monster fucking. Because for whatever reason in, in books, the, the monsters, a lot of them have that, you know, tsundere almost kind of caricature. Or they're just assholes and that's just how it is, you know. If you don't mind darker things, I would say look into um, the Beautiful Monsters series by Jex Lane. Because that kind of deals with monsters and humans and how they mix. And there's only three books out so far, but it's an amazing series if you like monster fucking and action, but are okay with, you know, darker themes. Yeah, I haven't read, I don't really read books books anymore, but that sounds good. I would, if you like darker things, it is an amazing series. For me, what I was thinking is, I mean, you know, I'm going to say it, Madic or Mad K, however you want to pronounce it. That's the one that I, I, I think of for sure as a title for me i feel like monster and beast is more like introductory monster fucking if you want to put it that way because it's like easing you into the genre whereas modic will just like thrust you in there and show you something visceral and terrifying i would suggest love and limbo by haji fantasy and there's a character that's not human he's actually a golem and so if you like that non-traditional characters one of them's a reaper one of them's a golem it's kind of Unusual, but it's also fantasy. I also would say uh, Titan's Bride because of the literal giant fucking a human. So if if that size thing is your thing, uh, Titan takes it to the next level. <laughs> and there's no penis shrinkage in in uh, Titan's Bride. So if if that made you sad, Titan's Bride will not let you down. Yeah, I definitely would agree. Like. Big, big props to Love and Limbo. I like. I don't know why I forgot about that, but that one's like one of my favorites. And like anything by Haji, really, I would say kind of falls within that genre because Haji writes a lot of really good like monstery, monster fucking things, but is also like sweet. So yeah, read anything by Haji, I would say, because she's got a lot of good stuff out there. Honestly, I think the, the one I'd r- really, really suggest is a book called brute by kim fielding it's a fantasy story about a a man who's a basically a giant he's told he's ugly and he ends up after a tragedy and he loses his hand at one point he ends up falling for a blonde blind man who's pretty darn snarky but it's magic with fantasy and giants and kings but it's it's really really heartwarming so if you want that character who doesn't think they're very pretty who's a giant who is heartwarmingly sweet to the point where like how could anyone think this person is intimidating that that story is is a short one set in a fantasy series as well all right i I think that's all for our episode. I would like to thank everyone listening. I want to remind you, please follow our social media and also follow FujoCon as well. We are currently running a promotion if you are able to write a review for our podcast on wherever you listen, either Apple or Spotify or Stitcher. Rate our podcast. Please 
go and do that very quickly. It helps us get noticed. It helps us bring us up on the charts on every podcast. The more highly rated, the more viewers, the more we get suggested when other people are listening. So please go do that. Check And please remember to register for FujoCon. FujoCon is coming up. It's going to be here sooner than you think. We want to see you at our convention. Please, please. Please go register. There's going to be no registering the day of the con. We're going to close those. So please go out. It's free. Click the link and then come see our panels that we're going to be running. We're so excited. But I think that is it for today. So let's go ahead and say goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the 801 Reviewed. If you'd like to learn more about us, check us out on our website at blgardendfw.com. Or check us out on Twitter at blgardendfw. If you love this podcast and are considering supporting us, find us on Patreon. And you can get your name on the podcast like Emily Schneider, Crystal Marie, Joey Kiss, Christina Coleman, Carlise Williams, and Barb Colt. In addition, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen. We really appreciate every last one of you. And until next time, this is your host, Izora, signing out. I love that with uh, like read for the monsters, stay for how are they going to do it? (laughs) Oh, man. That's a good one for sure.